Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Sergeant First Class John Valentine. Welcome to the Veterans Be Real podcast. Here's where we try to keep it real and do our best to help all our fellow veterans out there. This podcast will hopefully open our veterans' eyes into the transition and challenges they are facing and give them some guidance along the way. Please subscribe and download our podcast. We look forward to you, your insight, and your loyalty. Thanks for listening. And now, here's Veterans Be Real. Hey, good morning, after good morning, and good afternoon, or good evening, whatever it might be when you listen to this podcast. This is Veterans Be Real. This is Sergeant Be Real. I'm bringing you live. Today we have Shahid Leazer. Leazer? Yeah, I jacked that up, man. Shahid, just brief him on what your name is when I jacked that up, but you know how it goes, right? Us people out here doing it. But here he is. He's a veteran. He's going to talk to you a little bit about his his transformation, his journey. So Shahid, here's the, the floor is yours, my friend. Go ahead. Oh, yes. It's an honor, privilege, and a pleasure to be on this broadcast for vets, by vets. I'm Shadidi Laser, and my story in terms of the, the military is a bit interesting it's in that it's a, a full circle moment. First of all, a U.S. Navy veteran and had the opportunity to serve overseas on the USS Kitty Hawk. So for me... Nice. I was born into an entrepreneurial family. So all of my early examples were from grandma on down were people who either do for self or let's say took their skills and went to work, but tried, always made the effort to build, let's say, an empire for themselves. So I actually joined the military after working at my uncle's store. I didn't want to be a kid who was stuck in a dead end job in a minimum wage or, you know, just just barely getting by. And my uncle was a sergeant first class in the army uh, right outside of Fort Knox. So it for me being exposed to the military, that was my first exposure to military life and culture was moving to that area to help my uncle with the store. And so it, it seemed for me like the most stable path in terms of learning skills and creating a career versus a series of dead-end jobs. So I went for it. I took the leap. And I actually thought, of course, the, the entrepreneurial mindset that was implanted in me, that it would be a great chance for me to expand my network and possibly start some sort of business while on active duty. And so that was the journey. So right around year two. So I was right around E3 at that time. And I started to write, we have what's called a brag sheet. So a brag sheet comes from the quote unquote Ricky notebook. So if you look closely at any sailor on a ship, they always have a little green notebook, especially at this time before the cell phone, so on and so forth. And so you will write down your notes for the day and also your accomplishments as you went up for your next rate or rank in other services. So what would happen is when you go from, let's say, you know, you work long hours, so you're not going to write down your accomplishments. And when it finally comes time to go up for your eval, you forget all the things that you've done. Now, I have the ability, even back then, to, I was a, a good writer. 
So I would write the brag sheets for my E6s, the E7s, or E5s going up for E6, or for senior enlisted who were transferring over to warrant officers, so on and so forth. So once one or two people started to gain success for that, then the alarm started to go off. Spotlights. <laughs> exactly. So when you're on an aircraft carrier, when you're stationed on an aircraft carrier, you may have heard the term, especially if you listen to this podcast, you hear a lot of military jargon, a lot of veteran talk. And it, you, you may have heard the, the term of uh, the floating city. And so it's 5,000 plus uh, men and women on this boat. And so the name began to get out, name began to spread. Now, with that, I began to get invited to transition seminar. So here's me, E3, very young, maybe 19 or 20 at the time. And this is a, a whole life, literally a whole lifetime ago. And from there, I had to get over my fear of public speaking and speak at these transition seminars for sailors who are within what they call the nine-month window when they're transitioning to the civilian uh, sector. So while on active duty is when I started to do that. And so from there, it, it went into the idea of if I'm going to be new at something and I want to build experience, I need to put in the work. So what happened from there, ladies and gentlemen, is that I have done more free resumes for soldiers than you would ever believe. There's no one who has done more free work than me. So half of the boat received a free resume of some sort or some sort of career service. So although the command had their career counselors and they're great at what they do, but when it's a for us, by us mentality, meaning someone who is also in trenches with you and from all the conversations that I started to have, it made me, uh, let's say, an ideal go-to guy for their services. So my time to get out of the military was up. And so when I transitioned, I was a radio man, which converted over to IT. So secure environment, communications. And so when I transitioned back to the U.S., here's the, the situation. Let me paint the picture for you. The civilian sector has their own lingo and jargon. An active duty military has its own language and vocabulary. And the two do not connect. And so the NAVMAX system or SHF, VHF, so on and so forth, SATCOM, these are terms that might as well be French to someone in, in corporate America. So in that transition, I struggled mightily in that, number one, I was dealing with PTSD and I didn't know it. It was undiagnosed at that time. And so I'm going through a lot of confusion in a culture shock from living in nice and peaceful Asia and coming where pay is uh, consistent, benefits are abundant, and life is just predictable. When the rules are clear to me, I excel. But once I came back to the U.S., I had to figure all these things out. And it was not easy for me at that time. And there's a lot of things going on in my brain from Operation Enduring Freedom that I did not have the tools to deal with. So that next year and a half to two years were a very dark and uncertain time for me. But 
Once I landed on, actually what happened, this is the first time I've ever told this story publicly. There's a, the network. So what's very important is that your, your buddies, your comrades in the Navy, we call them shipmates. And we all kept in touch with each other. I have one friend in particular, Leron Groover. He got out of the Navy before me and he was struggling. He was struggling so bad. I found this out years later, but he would call the ship and he would tell us, he'd say, look, uh, with your skills, with your clearance, with everything you have going on, you can get out here and you can make it. Meanwhile, he's borrowing money to get a haircut. And, but he kept, kept on, kept on. And if it wasn't for him, I would not have had the courage to step out of the military because it was such a, a, like a nest. And to step out of that was very uncertain for me. So with that being said, within that network, there was a, the resume. So one of my friends got a job with this resume. So we're all generally in the same field. So at least 12 of us got our first jobs with the resume. So we changed the title. We changed a few things around general description, the date, so on and so forth, and use that resume to get hired. So the resume yeah. is the first time I've ever publicly That's told that story. Hey, what a, it's got to work for the work, right? <laughs> yes. So, but the, the challenge is also often when you try to keep, you know, before LinkedIn became popular, trying to get career references and professional references could be tough because yeah. if your commander or your, your chief or senior chief leaves the command, their email address may change or the phone number that they had if they moved to a new duty station is going to be different. So keeping in touch with people in let's say, maintaining the credibility that you had in the military is very difficult once you transition. So what I decided was in the, the middle of the ultimate struggle, the ultimate struggle, as I say, you know what, I do not want another vet to suffer the same fate. So I've always maintained contacts with my buddies, so on and so forth. And many of them of course, stayed in and went up the ranks. And so the Any Resume Company was born one, two years officially after I got out of active duty and uh, still exists uh, to this day, almost, well, 19 years later. And so veterans who transition have a familiar face they can talk to, who has uh, credibility in several duty stations, and eliminates all those questions, all the confusion that can come up and, of course, provides a, a valuable service. That's awesome. So that's a great way to kind of lead into that, too. So, I mean, we, we're talking, you know, a pretty we, – and, we, and all you listeners out there have been listening to the podcast lately, you know we've had a lot of different branches, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine guys on here. We've all been talking about the transition. But the one common factor, and, and he's really punched on it really hard, is – it's that structure that we're used to, that living style, that lifestyle, and the confidence that we know every two weeks we're getting paid. We don't have to worry about our medical insurance. We don't have to worry about our dental insurance. We know we're going to get fed. We know we're going to have housing. So there's a lot of comfort in that. And then when you transition out, you basically, it's like cutting sling load. You, you're kind of taking a risk because now you got to go find all that again and find a company that even provides some of that for you at a reasonable rate. Because I know when I got out, 
I didn't need men. I retired from the army after 20 years, yada, yada. So I was covered. But I know when they offered me, when I went to my first big job that I got, they offered me all that health. And I'm like, Jesus, it's that much for health insurance. I was just like, I was like, holy shit. You know, they like, mm -hmm. that's a lot of money for health insurance. I, said, I understand why it's that much because it's covering your family and everything. But I'm like, I don't need that. Thank God. So can I get extra money in my paycheck? You know, because I don't need it. But anyway, so, but what he's talking about here, guys, and, and this is the key factor is we're accustomed to a certain lifestyle. We were broken all the way down to nothing and then rebuilt back up to become the perfect sailor, soldier, Marine, whatever. We did that job and had that confident, that confidence and that comfortableness of that structure and that security. And then you're asking yourself to walk away from that. Now, we've also talked about this before. I know there's a lot of you soldiers out there right now that are just pissed off at their NCOs or their chiefs or their whatever, and you just want to get out. But you got to think it's, it's deeper than just that interpersonal relationship with that one or two guys in your unit that you just don't like. Because guess what? You can eventually PCS and leave that unit or leave that ship or leave that, a, that base or go. To, so if you're patient, it can work itself out. But if you rush into making a decision and you don't have a plan, because like we talked about in other episodes, if you don't set up a plan to get out or to stay in, because I tell every soldier that I talk to now, do you have a plan to stay in? Do you have a plan to get out? You should have a plan for both your whole career. I don't care if you got 18 years in or you got six years in or four years in, you should have a plan. Are you going to stay in? This is your plan if you stay in. And this is your plan if you're going to get out. Like your plan if you're staying in might be, I'm going to apply for OCS because I want to make more money. I want to, that's great. Have a plan. And then if your plan is to get out, what's your plan to get out? You have three months of your living expenses saved up. So at least you got 90 days because I'm telling you guys all right now, the VA takes about three months to six months to kick in your VA benefits if you get them, if you get a percent. It takes a little while. It's not, it's not instant money. And if you don't retire, you're not going to have money coming from the government, right? So you got to think about it. So what he's talking about here is this. The comfort of what we have in the military is a scary thing to walk away from because you don't know what you're walking yourself into. You heard him talking about the lingo, right? Just the lingo from his job as a radio man and an IT guy. Completely different world when you get out of the civilian sector. They don't say, you know, VLF sites or VHF sites. They don't talk like that. They talk systematic like Cisco kind of whatever Cisco uses for their terminology or whatever. So like he said, here we go. It's a plan. Do we have a plan? Am I ready for this? Because like he's talking about his battle buddy who had to borrow money, to get a haircut. But he, but if you paid attention, he also said his buddy just kept on going though. He kept on moving forward. And so he, and he eventually got to where he needed to get. And that's the thing about us as veterans and us as soldiers or sailors or whatever. We kind of keep pushing forward because we try to complete the mission. And as long as you have a plan and have a mission, you can be successful, right, She? So it's scary, but it can be done. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's very important to point out that when we, we talk about the, the plan, it's, it's a plan for both. You, you, you have to think about each moment. It is very easy. It's very easy to get lulled to sleep while you're on active duty and you wake up and you're six months out. And you say, I have nothing saved. I have nothing going for myself. And the worst position to be in is to be forced to make a decision based on necessity. There's, there's a few things that I did well while on active duty that I did not mention in the story. Yep. Number one is I set an allotment to go to a bank account that I could not touch. So from day one, I, I, day one, I always thought that I, I came into the military. Again, if you, you pay attention to the early parts of the story, I thought I looked at the military as an opportunity, not, well, I'm just going to go in and, and do things. So 
let's say if, for those listeners and viewers who are at the beginning of your, let's say, next enlistment or re-enlistment, or you're just starting out, think about where you want to be at the, the end of it. Get that clear picture of where you want to be. It doesn't have to be exact, but set a high target. So for me, I wanted to set myself up to, and this is younger me, so uh, to have good credit, to be in a position to buy a house and to have savings. So what do I need to do that? I need money to do this. So first thing, set aside, I started with $50. And when you're- I, I did the exact same thing my dad told me. I had a bank account I opened at my mom and dad's house near them, just savings account that had allotment set up. Just like you, every month on payday, every payday, $50 a month went right in there as the allotment. And that was my mm-hmm. savings account. I never touched it my whole career. When I got out, I had $27,000 in there because it was just multiplying every month, $50 mm-hmm. every paycheck, so 100 bucks a month over 20 years. And then, you know, my father taught me that, and I tell a lot of soldiers too, you have to pay yourself first mm-hmm. to make yourself successful in life. You actually pay yourself a little bit, pay your bills, and then you look at what you got left over and work that out with what you got to do for the rest of the time period until next payday. But if you don't pay yourself first, you're not putting yourself first. It's just like I always tell people. It's just like on an airplane, how the, the stewardess tells you, hey, if that air thing drops, you put it on your face first, not your kid, because you got to make sure you can function for your kid. So you put yours on first. Same thing. You got to pay yourself first, then pay your bills, then live off whatever's left for your income. There. So yeah, the perfect, I mean, I love that, man. I mean, I'm glad there was somebody else in the world that did what I did when I was coming in. And my father taught me that too. He was a U.S. Navy guy. My dad was Navy for 20 years. I didn't go in the Navy shit because I, I got seasick on the Tiger Cruise and I just wasn't going to have So I said, I'll go in the Army, Dad. But yeah, so <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel you, man, because I mean, that's that right alone. If you're listening, you just got in, start doing that, man, because what he's telling you, what I'm telling you is it sets you up for success when you get out because it gives you a little nest egg when you're getting out. If nothing else, you got a little nest egg built up for your your future later on. Absolutely. So okay. when I went out to see, give me the exact playbook. When I went out to see, we had a bank account, more or less an ATM with a, a card where you can basically buy things while you're out to sea. So I set an allotment for to take $50 to go to that bank account. And that is what I lived on during deployment. So my money was in another bank account onshore and I would live on the $50 per month on the ship. So when you go out to sea, you can you know, fill up your, your gear locker with your own food and things like that. So you, you go to the Navy exchange and you take care of that. So that's your basics. But anything outside the ordinary, that is your, your, your money to play with. So that just keeps building and keeps building, keeps building. And secondly, I got a part-time job. So when I was on shore, I made sure. Got a job at on-base club, was called Club Alliance, right. and would work part-time after my shift. And again, when I earned that money, I put it away. And so you have to look at the time when, let's say if you're, especially if you're on a ship, you're going to have times where you're in port and you're out to sea and you have to make the most of that. And finally, it's developing myself. I I read lots of books. I I would sit and read different business books and, and tax books. And let's say for you, you may not want to be an entrepreneur. But you may want to graduate college. You may want to take on a hobby, learn a skill. You have the time to do it. And you again, you have to develop yourself, be as well-rounded as possible. I still have my fun. I still went out, you know, have a great photo album, a few nights I don't remember, as we all do. But 
at the end of, at the end of the day, you have to think about what you want to be. And your family, when you join the military, they are proud of you. And the worst thing you want to do is if you come back and you have nothing to show for it. So you're in a great opportunity to set yourself up for life, whether you do four years or 30 years. It's the greatest opportunity that was ever given to me. Yep. And so, but you have to work the opportunity once you get in it. You do. I mean, he, he's guys, he's giving you a ton of stuff to think about here, especially if you're one of those younger soldiers who just came in or younger sailors or younger airmen or Marine. Think about these type of things because this is what sets you up for success when you do decide to separate because his mind, I'll be honest with you, if I'd have went to the Navy, man, I'd have been rich when I got out because, I mean, out at sea, you're out at sea. All you really got is whatever's on the ship. You know, he's on an aircraft carrier, so there's a little bit more to do on an aircraft carrier than, say, maybe a frigate or a different type of ship. But the point is, he's kind of in a controlled environment. It's like being in the Army and being deployed or being out in the field. You know, you're gone for a couple months or a month. Like when I go to NTC and you're there for a month, there's nothing to spend money on. So you should be, you know, you should be saving money. But, you know, he set himself up for success later on, but not not only in the in the, in the the financial position, but the mentally. If you really stop and think about how much pressure that takes off your anxiety and how much pressure that takes off you mentally. If you're, if you're financially okay, you know, you're going to be okay for a little while when you get out, you don't have to worry. You can take kind of go slow or take your time and just make sure you're putting in, putting in the work you need to put in. Cause like he said, if you don't want to be an entrepreneur, you're just looking for a job and, or you just want to do something to give back to the community for say, or whatever. You just want to volunteer for a little while or do something, whatever. He's giving you the tools right here to kind of be successful at that. And that's important for you guys to understand is that we as soldiers and sailors, we don't make a lot of money. But that doesn't mean we can't be smart with the money we make. And I think that's what he's really alluding to. If you're smart with the money you make, it doesn't matter if you're an E3 or an E8. If you're smart with it, you can be successful later on. So that's a big, a big, a big bonus for what she's talking about is that it's just there. It's in front of you. Pay yourself first. Let that start building. And then when you see that start building, you can say, well, I could probably squeeze a little bit more into that. I could probably do $75 a month now. Especially like me. When I made e E5, I told myself, I'm going to live off E5, pay the rest of my career. That's what I'm going to try to do. So when I'm 86 and then I'm 87, those two promotions, all that money I was putting away because I was like, I can live off this E5 pay because it's enough for me to be functional because I didn't have any kids. I had a wife and it's just me and her and she had a job. So we were okay. You know what I mean? So you just got to think for your future and you got to think you're not going to be in the military forever. Even if you do 20 years, even if you do 30 years, you still got life to live after it's all over. You still got something you got to do, right? So think about that when you're out there. All right. Think about that. All right. So that all being said, man, I really appreciate you being on today. So you, you did a great job. I think I gave it, you gave a lot of insight and a lot of ways for people to look at things differently. So what I want to do now is give you a few minutes of what we as veterans and a military community can do for you and your business and what we can do to help you. So here, I want you to kind of plug yourself, what you're doing. If we can go to your Facebook page and like and share it, if we go to your website and just check out info, or if we need a resume or whatever we might need, where do we go? Who do we talk to? So take it over from there. She let us know what you got. Perfect. Okay. First of all, thank you for the opportunity to share the airwaves with your listeners, whether you are aspiring military or you have served this great country. Let me tell you, as we, we had this discussion, it made me truly appreciate the decision that I made at 18 years old. It has blessed me in ways that you will never understand throughout life's journey. That veteran's distinction, that badge is something that you, you carry with you. And some of you, you may be, let's say you're in the military and you're disgruntled. I, I don't like this. I don't like the rules. I don't like what I have to do and put up with. 
But once you you get out, and we all have those days, it's, it's a lot of hassle that goes into being on active duty, a lot of adjustments. But once you get out and you get to kind of take a step back, you realize that like, what we're going through now, for example, has you ready for life's uncertainty. So it, it's truly an honor to serve. So for those of you who are making your transition to either civilian life or you are in civilian life and you're looking to transition into entrepreneurship, what I would like you to do is first go to my email list and that is mrshadi.com forward slash email. What I'm going to give to you is one year. It is worth $53,432 of business advice, tools, and templates to help you along your journey. Anytime you hit reply on my business advisor report, I will respond most of the time via video because I get excited about these things to help you along your journey. Uh, You will also receive an invite to my community, which I call the Winner Circle where I help senior professionals and personal brands, business owners create their first or next six figures in their business. I give veterans preference for that. It is 100% free. So if you're a vet, you're looking to build something, you will have my undivided attention because I was there as well. If you are in the U.S., please text the word self-made to 44222. And you can access my Ruthless Time Analysis Journal. Now, the cool thing about the the Ruthless Time Analysis Journal, if you look at it closely, it resembles a plan of the day board, which you see in boot camp. So it basically helps you to identify what you're doing with your time, whether you're wasting your time, how you're spending it in relation to your goals. So it's a journal that you use every hour of the day. I keep it on my desk and I'm always tracking how I'm spending my time so that I'm optimized for success. Once again, I'm Shadidi Laser, and you can find me on all social media platforms under Mr. Shadi, which is M-R-S-H-A-D like David, E-E-D like David. Thank you very much. And no matter if you're building your business or you're moving forward in your career, The military gives you all the tools in order to succeed. So go forth with the core values you were taught, and I'll see you at the top. All right, Shahid, we really do appreciate you, man. And like I said to everybody out there, all everything that Shahid just went over, that'll all be in our podcast note that you can find on our website once this episode is released. So you'll be able to go back there and feed it and find all those links, the text number, all that stuff. All that information will be available to you on our website, probably on the Facebook page, too, on his flyer, okay? So we're going to build out his flyer soon. So Shahid, thanks again, my man. Appreciate you, brother, for being on the show and, and really do appreciate the effort you're making for the veteran population out there and the things you're offering is amazing, man. And I, I couldn't be more flattered to have you on here with that kind of opportunity for the veterans out there that could be successful. So thank you for that, my man. Uh, it's definitely a great opportunity to have this discussion. I'm, I'm yeah. thankful that we were able to do this. Yeah, me too. I appreciate you, man. So until next time, everybody, you guys pay attention. Check out the website so you can see all the upcoming episodes and you'll see when Shahid's going to be on on our schedule. All right. Take it easy, guys. Until later, we're out. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Hope you all got something out of this podcast today. Please tell a battle buddy about us and stay tuned for our upcoming podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at www.veteransbereal.com. Support us because we got your back. Till next time, everyone. 
I'm out of here. Oh,